But 2 Chronicles chapter 26, if you're able to stand, would you stand with me? We'll read verse number 1 down through verse number 5. 2 Chronicles chapter number 26, verse number 1 down through verse number 5. The Bible said, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, after that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper." If you read and study the reign of Uzziah, you find that he was blessed. And because he was blessed, his nation was blessed. He sought God, and God not only benefited him as a king, but God benefited his nation all because of him having that hunger for God. Now, we'll talk about it here in a minute. Uzziah didn't have a good ending, but he had a great start. And I read this And I saw the phrase where the Bible said the key to his success in verse 5 was simply those three words, he sought God. And Dr. Jorgensen didn't know what I was going to preach, and I didn't know what he was going to preach, but he made statements that I might make even in my message. He didn't seek position, he sought God. He didn't seek to be a preacher, he sought God. He didn't seek fame, he sought God. He didn't even seek success, he sought God. And his seeking God is what birthed that success during his reign. I'm concerned for our nation just like my pastor is and just like many of you are. We travel and do things and it's not just for fun or a hobby. We want to see God move in America and our churches. And I'm convinced of the truth tonight and I want to preach on this thought. We need a seeker for the sake of your generation. We need a seeker for the sake of your generation. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our heart tonight. I pray you'd give us one. I pray maybe a young man, a young lady would get a hunger, a desire, a burden, a drive, a seriousness about seeking you. And God, I pray you'd move in power tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. In London in 1872, a lady named Marianne Adler was bedfast. She was sick and she could not get out of her home. But she loved her church and had a heart for her church, and she prayed for her church. And as she was laying in bed one day, sick, she was reading a paper entitled Revival. In that paper entitled Revival, she read about a man by the name of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody had held many great revival campaigns across America and in Europe. And she began to seek God that God would send that man to her church that he might preach to that congregation. She couldn't go and attend the services, but she sought God on behalf of those that were in the services. She began to pray that God would send D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody made a trip to Europe, not to preach, but just a pleasure trip. While D.L. Moody was there, he happened to attend Marianne Adler's church. As he was sitting there in the pews, the preacher noticed that D.L. Moody was there. And this is God working behind the scenes. The preacher called on D.L. Moody impromptu and said, Mr. Moody, would you please preach today for me? D.O. Moody, not planning to preach, got in the pulpit, and he did preach. And revival broke out in that church, and hundreds of people were saved, and 400 new members were added to that local church. D.O. Moody was so 
enamored by what happened, intrigued by it. He began to find, uh, search to find the answer. Why did this happen? He'd never seen anything like it. And he made this statement. He said, I began making inquiries and never rested until I found a bedridden girl praying, seeking God that he would bring me to her church. You've heard the poem before, but I like it. It says, I met God in the morning when my, days, my day was at its best. And his presence came like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. All day long the presence lingered. All day long he stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness o'er a very troubled sea. Other ships were blown and battered. Other ships were sore distressed. But the winds that seemed to drive them brought to us a peace and rest. Then I thought of other mornings with a keen remorse of mind. When I too had loosed the moorings with the presence left behind. So I think I know the secret learned from many a troubled way. You must seek him in the morning. If you want him through the day, I'm eternally grateful that God sought for me. Like Saul of Tarsus, I was wicked and God sought for me. Like Lazarus, I was dead and God sought for me. Like the man of Gadara, I was in bondage and thank God God sought for me. Like the old hymn says, Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. I'm glad our God's a seeker. God the Father made man, and He sought fellowship with man. God the Son died on a cross to save sinners, and now He seeks the salvation of those sinners. The Holy Ghost of God indwells the believer, and He seeks to conform you and I who are saved to the image of Christ. Our God is a seeker. Our Savior is a seeker. The Holy Ghost of God is a seeker. And I'm convinced that our God blesses and uses and smiles on those who follow His example and seek after Him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We'd have no heroes at all in Hebrews 11. If we hadn't had a few men and women who followed the principle of Hebrews 11 and verse 6 and sought out to diligently seek God by faith. Noah was a seeker. Abraham was a seeker. Enoch was a seeker. Colossians 3, 1 says, If he then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And I'm convinced that in this era of Christians who are wrapped up in seeking success and wrapped up in seeking comfort and wrapped up in seeking a paycheck, I'm convinced and I'm even convicted that our generation needs some seekers. We need a seeker like Marianne Adler. We need a seeker like Noah was. We need a seeker like Abraham. We need a seeker like Enoch. And my prayer tonight is this, that someone will sign up, that someone will enlist, that someone will volunteer simply to be a seeker for the sake of your generation. Now, I'll say a lot of good things about Uzziah, but I want to mention there's some bad things as well. Pride is a very poisonous thing in the life of a person. The purest motives can be tainted by pride. The sincerest service becomes insincere when pride enters in. A genuine Christian becomes a counterfeit Christian when they're overtaken with pride. And when you and I think about Uzziah and we talk about the end of his life, sadly, it's a testimony of how terrible pride can be. We see a man who had been blessed become a man who's broken because of his pride. We see a king who is righteous become a king who fell into sin because of pride. We see a boy who sought God become a man who tries to overstep God because of pride. A man who should have left a wonderful legacy. Instead, leaves a legacy of being a man who's inflicted with the judgment of God all because 
of his pride. And can I say, you and I need to learn from that lesson and be quick to snuff out any flickering flame of pride that begins to burn in our heart. Can I say that if anything good comes out of me or anything good comes out of you, it's not because you're good and it's not because I'm good. It's all because God is good. B.R. Lakin used to make the statement, he said, I'm an ought, that's a zero with the rim knocked off. And that's true, we're nothing without him. Uzziah had grown very strong and powerful. God's hand was on him. But the Bible says when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Uzziah was blessed. God had blessed him. His people had celebrated him. The Ammonite nation, they had given gifts unto Uzziah. Uzziah had been lifted up, prospered because of his seeking God. But the Bible said he became prideful and he backslid. Now, you and I have got to be careful that we don't get so blessed that we become backslidden because of our blessings. Amen. One day, Uzziah approaches the altar of God. Picture it in your mind. The altar of God is there. Uzziah is a king, but he's not a priest. That's off limits to Uzziah. Uzziah, because he's lifted up with pride, takes upon himself the office of a priest. He goes to that altar to burn incense. He gets a censer filled with incense and approaches that sacred place. As he does, the priest, Azariah, confronts him. Now, instead of humbling himself and listening to the preacher, he bows up and stands against the man of God. Can I say that's a good indicator that your heart's not right and there's some pride in your life whenever you bow up at Bible preaching. Say amen right there. When you sit there like a toad puffed up on a log when the preacher's preaching the Bible and you look at him with your lip pooched out, amen, wouldn't go to an altar if they drug you there with the rope. That's a good indicator. You better get your heart right with God. I feel like preaching. I've been on an airplane since 3 in the morning. The priest confronts Uzziah, and the king responds in anger. As he holds the censer in his hand, God strikes Uzziah with leprosy in his forehead. And this man has to live out the rest of his life as a leper. He lives a leper, he dies as a leper, and he's buried as a leper. What a warning that is. And I just wanted to mention it in passing, just to give us the warning to guard ourselves against that horrible thing called pride. But I'm glad Uzziah's life wasn't all bad. Thank God he had a good start. He might have had a bad finish, but I think there's some wonderful things we can learn from Uzziah at the beginning of his life. And I'm praying it'll hit your heart the way that it hit my heart. Now, Uzziah took the throne early in his life. Can you imagine the weight that's been laid on his shoulders? All of the day-to-day decisions that he'd have to make. The policies he'd have to determine. The needs he'd have to meet. Uzziah was crowned king before he was even old enough, if he was living today, to join the military or vote in an election. I mean, he's 16 years old, and he's been anointed king over his nation. As a young man, this man... Uzziah, 16 years old, becomes a builder and a battler and a protector for his nation. Now, let me stop and say that ought to convict some of our hearts here in this generation of young men that are more like young boys, say men right there, and it seems like they're stuck in perpetual adolescence. And whenever I think about my grandpa who went to, uh, to Pearl Harbor at age 16, and now we have boys at age 16, 17, and 18 that can't even clean their bedrooms, can I say you and I ought to take a lesson from Uzziah? It's a sad day and hour. we got young men now, I mean teenagers, 
teenagers don't even know how to skin a squirrel. Say amen right there. I mean, they don't even know how to change their oil. They don't even know what bathroom to use. I mean, what in the world? They can't work a weed eater. They get their hair cut at their mama's salon. They moisturize themselves with their crazy ants essential oils. I mean, they, they want you to pay them 20 bucks uh, for saying, do you want fries with that at McDonald's? Can I say that is sad? That is sorry? We don't need boys. We need young men in this generation. Think about it. He's 16 years old. He had little experience. He's 16 years old. He didn't have much training. He's 16 years old. He not even led a family, let alone a nation. The odds were against him. But the Bible says, Josiah, that 16-year-old king, prospered. In spite of what looked like his shortcomings, Uzziah was successful. In spite of his age, he excelled. In spite of the odds, he prospered. Under Uzziah, the nation was strengthened. Their enemies were subdued. The people were blessed. The families of that country were benefited all because a 16-year-old young man pursued God. There was a measure of revival that took place there in Judah and it was all traced back to the day a teenager was crowned king. It wasn't a mighty man of war. It wasn't a wise old prophet. It wasn't some big personality. It was a 16-year-old boy Boy, a young man that brought prosperous days to that nation. Can I say that ought to stir you up tonight? That means if God can use him, God could use you. That means you don't have to wait. That means now that you can have God on your life and make a difference for the sake of your generation. Now, I think we find the key to Uzziah's success and the blessings that came about in Judah when we read the first few verses of the chapter. In verse number 5... I think we find it. The Bible said, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Now think about it. You know your teenagers. I mean, we know teenagers. Doesn't that sound out of character? Doesn't sound that, that doesn't sound a little strange. Doesn't that sound like against probably the, uh, the norm? I mean, a young man like that, hungering for God. A young man like that, seeking after God. A young man like that, interested in God. You say that wasn't what they expected. I'm glad he didn't want to be the expected. He wanted to be the exception to the rule. Uzziah understood something. He didn't have enough understanding. So he had to seek the one that had all understanding. He had to understand. He didn't have enough power. With So he sought the one who had all power in wisdom. He understood he wouldn't have much authority in and of himself. So he clung to the one and sought the one who's the king of kings and an eternal authority. Uzziah took the throne, but he didn't seek power. He took the throne, but he didn't seek prestige. He took the throne, but he didn't simply seek to legislate. The Bible said he sought God, and by seeking God, it caused him and his nation to prosper. Now, by the way, he sought the same God that his father sought. He didn't seek a different God. He didn't try to alter that. He didn't try to uh, scheme his way through it. He didn't try to find some new way. He said it was good enough for our fathers, and I reckon it's good enough for me. Now, I'd say the tendency of a young man in such a big position would be to blow it and make some kind of stupid mistake and to show his immaturity and to hurt his reputation. But Uzziah 
determined that with the help of God, he'd be a seeker and make a difference in his nation. He desired God's counsel. He knew he needed God's power. He wanted God's protection. So he sought the Lord. And in seeking God, it led to his nation being blessed. Now tonight, we live in a nation that's in desperate need. And to say anything other than that is to be a liar or willingly ignorant. The perversity that's being pushed. Those insane green policies that are being promoted. The corruption that's being celebrated in our streets. The average church is being a handful of people away from shutting their doors. Can I say these are desperate times? I don't know how much longer that will enjoy an America like we've known. I don't know how much longer, if we don't get to fighting a little bit, that we'll have liberty like the liberty we have right now. I don't know. I think we're on a downward path. And there's a crowd out there that's greasing the rails and trying to get us to that bad destination as quick as possible. I've been reading the news lately just here and there, and it's a shame to me that they'd pass legislation in a place like New York where they can murder a child. I mean, out of the world. I mean, supporting that kind of a practice, and then they stand there and applaud knowing it's on video. Hello? That's this generation. I said it a few weeks ago, I think at Brother Patrick's, I heard a, 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 I read a news article, I think it was in Oregon now, where the, the, the LGBTQ uh, governor of that state is trying to enforce a regulation where every family that has a new baby born into that family has to have a visit mandatory from the state to make sure they're going to raise that child in a state-approved manner. I think it was in Arizona I saw where for... All these years they've opened council meetings in prayer and now they've decided no longer to open them in prayer because the church of Satan said, if you're going to open in prayer, then we want to get to pray. So they just said, we'll not have prayer. I think about our college campuses turning out activists and foot soldiers for liberalism instead of students with some kind of a, a pursuit to better our nation. And can I say tonight, my heart breaks and more than that, my heart burns for this generation, like many others here tonight, I've spent and been spent trying to stir the hearts of God's people to action. I long to see us prosper again. I hunger for days uh, uh, like this to be your generation's good old days. I mean, I want to see God move. I beg God for revival and I long for His power to be poured out. And I know that we need God to move again. I desire to see churches grow and churches be strong. And I'd like to see culture impacted by you instead of you being impacted by the culture. I'd love to see the pendulum swing back from unrighteousness to righteousness. I'd like to see us take a turn back to God. God and the Bible, the book that he wrote. And tonight, here's why I came. I'm here for one purpose. I've got one agenda. I've got one aim and ambition. I'm trying to enlist somebody tonight. I'm trying to get some young man to sign up. I want a young lady to sign up. I want somebody to put their life on the altar and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to get serious about seeking Him. I'm going to get a hunger for Him. I want to get a desire for Him. Oh, I'll seek God for my generation. But 
before you count yourself out and say that you couldn't do it. Remember, Uzziah was only 16 years old. I'm not looking for talent. I'm not asking for ability. I don't care about your age. What I want tonight is this. Just somebody that would get a serious, sincere, sold-out desire to seek God for your generation. Somebody will get hungry for Him for the sake of those who are lost in your generation. Would you be a seeker? For the sake of those hurting in your generation, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those in bondage to sin in this generation, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those being warped by perverse uh, people, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those who are discouraged, would you be a seeker tonight? I mean, I'm talking about for the sake of your church and the sake of your city and the sake of your country. Would you put down the video game for half a minute? Would you quit trying to be cool? I mean, would you quit worrying about a paycheck? And would you get serious about getting a hold of God? We need a seeker in this generation for the sake of the babies yet to be born, for the sake of the family that God will give you one day. It's time you get serious about seeking God. Can I say we'd have a long list? It'd be winding for acres if we'd ask folks to sign up to be the next big preacher. Hello? Or the next professional singer. Or the next successful soul winner. Or the next big athletic star or celebrity or political leader or influential pastor or well-traveled evangelist. And if that's what you want, then I'm not looking for you. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what I'm after tonight. I'm not looking for the next best preacher or the next big name or the next famous ball player. That's not what we need. What we need is someone who earnestly seek after God. We pray. We pray seeking answers. God wants you to pray seeking Him. We go to church seeking entertainment. God wants you to go to church seeking Him. We serve seeking results. God wants you to serve seeking Him. We go soul winning seeking souls. But God wants us to go soul winning seeking Him. We stay clean seeking power. But God wants you just to stay clean because we're seeking Him. We sing seeking applause. But God wants you to sing seeking Him. We preach seeking response. But God wants us to preach seeking Him. Paul said it like this, For all seek their own, not the things which are, Jesus Christ and there's a crowd seeking fame and seeking fortune and seeking comfort and seeking accolades from this world but can I tell you that's not what we need it's time to get out of the traffic jam on the wide path and come over to the narrow road can I say it might be a road less traveled but that's the one who'll make the difference that's the one who'll hold the banner that's the one that'll stand in the gap that's the one that'll preserve righteousness in this generation we need someone to be a seeker the seeker might not get an earthly trophy. He might not get praise from his friends. But they'll be this generation's Abraham that intercedes for Sodom. They'll be this generation's Jonah who gets to preach to Nineveh. They'll be this generation's Noah who walks in righteousness. They'll be this generation's Daniel who stands in Babylon. What I'm saying is they'll make the difference. The seeker makes the difference. The seeker preserves the nation. The seeker enjoys a close walk with God. And I wish you'd put as much effort in seeking God as you do in perfecting your swing or perfecting your shot or fixing your hair or choosing your clothes. I mean, wouldn't you just get a hunger for God this evening? Noah wasn't seeking to build a big boat. He was seeking God. So God let him build the biggest boat. Amen. 
Amen. David wasn't seeking to kill Goliath. He was seeking God. So God let him kill Goliath. Shadrach wasn't seeking to walk through the fire. He was seeking God. So God let him walk through the fire unscathed. Peter didn't seek to preach on Pentecost. He sought God. So God said, Peter, I'll let you preach on the day of Pentecost. Paul didn't seek to preach great sermons or to plant a bunch of churches. He sought God. So God let him be used to do those things. Charles Spurgeon didn't seek to preach to thousands. He sought God. And God let him preach to thousands. Jack Hiles didn't seek to have the largest church in the world when he started out as a preacher there in East Texas, pastoring 44 people. He just sought God in the pine thickets of East Texas. And you know what happened? By seeking God, God brought the big opportunity. Curtis Hudson did not seek to be the second editor of the Sword of the Lord. He just pastored about 12 people in Atlanta, Georgia. But he sought God. And God let him grow the church from a handful to 7,000 people in about 8 years. And later he became editor of that paper. Why? Because he sought God. And we've got this thing twisted today. Everybody's seeking the position and seeking the pay and seeking the limelight and seeking the result and seeking the fruit. It's time we seek the vine. Amen. It's time we seek the source. It's time we get back to seeking God. Where's our generation's prayer warrior? Where's our generation's person who walks with God? Where's our generation's one who when they walk in the room it's evident God's hand is on their life. That's what we need. A seeker in this generation. I remember when I first got saved. I got saved at 21 years old. and I didn't know much of my Bible. I knew the basic Bible stories because I'd been to church. But I remember about a year after I got saved, I surrendered to preach. God had been dealing with me the whole time, and I knew what was going on. I just didn't know what to do about it. I remember I surrendered to preach, and man, I was so green. I didn't honestly... I mean, if they picked a book out of the Old Testament, if it wasn't one of the first couple, I wasn't going to find it till the preacher's about halfway through. I didn't have a Bible college education. I didn't have a dad who was a preacher. I hadn't grown up in a fundamental Baptist church. But I bought a bunch of books from Sore Lord and other places like that. I had a, my old Bible. I remember my wife and I, we quit our jobs. I said, I'm going to preach. I'm going in the ministry. had no money, no sense. Amen. Nothing. We moved out of a nice house, nicest house we'd ever lived in. Had a new car, got rid of the car. Rented out this old double wide trailer with skylights in it that were accidental skylights. Although you couldn't see the sky because the blue tarp was in the way. Shingles gone. Mold growing in the rooms. We'd all the time have sore throats. and th- I mean, it's nasty. There's a big hole in the wall in the bedroom where we slept. And I remember we got some grilled tongs and stuck it in that hole. And there, I said, there's something in there and fished it out and it's a petrified biscuit. We came home from a couple of weeks of trying to get meat in somewhere and turned on the stove to make french fries. And we made french fries and about 50 roasted baby mice. I mean, just a, just a mess. But long before I knew him... And long before you ever heard of me, I remember spending nights without any sleep in that in that double wide trailer with my face buried in an old red matted piece of carpet with cigarette burns from the family that lived there before. Not even knowing where half the books in the Bible were at, but knowing God called me to preach. And I didn't say, God, I want to preach at NYFC or I want to do this or that. I just said, God, I want you to use me. Amen. And boy, I began to seek God before I even knew what seeking God was. 
I just know I wanted him to use my life. And I didn't care, like he said, if I had to go to China or pastor a church up a holler in West Virginia, be an evangelist. I didn't care. I just wanted to be in it. And what God's let us do, I never could have written a story. I never could have explained this. I never would have dreamed it. But can I say the Bible's right? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I can testify tonight and say God is better than a dollar bill. Hello, God is better than being a star athlete. God is sweeter than the pleasures of this world. God satisfies better than the earth's successes. God is the chief executive. He's the most powerful legislator. He's the source of hope and the storehouse of strength. And I found out if I'm going to get anywhere in this thing, I better have a close relationship with Him. And here's what I'm asking tonight. Where's your generation's Moses who go up on the mountain and pray for your people? Where's this generation's Jacob who wrestle all night for the touch of God? Where's this generation's Enoch will walk with God when no one else will. Well, where's this generation's Esther will endanger herself for her people? Where's this generation's Hebrews 11, kind of a Christian? I mean, look at the signs. If you're going to contend and walk the old paths and be fundamental and take the leap and launch forth and shine and be clutch and be ten times better, it's going to be more than a polished sermon outline and a hanky in your pocket and a front row seat at a youth conference. You're going to have to get along with God in the private place, in the prayer closet, with an open Bible, and then do it every day, and seek Him in the morning, and seek Him at noon, and seek Him in the evening, and hunger and thirst and long, and beg God to be real in your life. Prospering doesn't come any other way. It comes by one way, and that's by seeking God. Daniel didn't get ten times better by seeking a following, or seeking approval, or seeking a profile. He excelled because in Judah, he learned to seek God. So in Babylon, he stuck with God. Be a seeker. Make a difference. Be a seeker. Preserve righteousness. Be a seeker. Stand in the gap. Be a seeker. Make up the hedge. Be a seeker. Transcend the usual. Be a seeker. Stand up and stand out. Be a seeker. Impact others. Be a seeker. Hunger for Him. Be a seeker. Purpose in your heart. Be a seeker. Pay the price. Be a seeker. Thirst after righteousness. Be a seeker. Let your light shine. Be a seeker. Touch heaven for earth. Be a seeker. Don't bow your knee in Babylon. Be a seeker. Don't lose your faith in the furnace. Be a seeker. Refuse the king's meat. Be a seeker. Be ten times better. Can I say it doesn't matter your size, your shape, your IQ. It doesn't matter your knowledge. It doesn't matter. We just need someone who will seek after God. I thought about this and all. Seekers have been shepherds. Seekers have been soldiers. Seekers have been fishermen. Seekers have been farmers. Seekers have been prophets. Seekers have been kings. The next seeker could be you. There's no pre-existing condition that exempts you from being the one except your own willingness to give yourself to God to seek Him. A seeker's a visionary. A seeker's a hungerer. A seeker's a soldier. A seeker's passionate. A seeker's a maverick. A seeker is one who has one objective, one obsession, one goal, and one aim. A seeker is not casual. Did you hear me? A seeker is not casual. A seeker isn't almost. A seeker isn't hit and miss. A seeker is all about it. A seeker is all in. A seeker is consumed and constrained and confined to one pursuit. He counts the cost and says, what a deal. He understands the opposition and says, I'm on the winning side. He doesn't need to hear applause. He's listening to hear well done. Tonight you're carrying a Bible. 
but are you seeking God? We pray prayers, but are you seeking God? You're dressed sharp, but are you seeking God? You came to youth conference, but were you seeking friends? Seeking a boy, a girl, fun? That's all extra. Hello? The fun is extra. We need someone to seek God. You could lead the way. Seek God soon. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. That means start now. Number two, seek God sincerely. Deuteronomy four twenty nine. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Number three, seek God seriously. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. An American historian, I believe it was over 100 years ago the date, was visiting in South America. And he asked the president of Argentina, he said, why do you believe it is that South America has been around longer as far as being populated and founded and things? Why do you believe it is that North America has prospered so? And he said, I believe you know the answer to that. You've been thinking about it. Why don't you tell me what you think? And he said, I'll tell you what I think, the American man said. He said, I believe that South America was founded by soldiers seeking gold. But North America was founded by Christians seeking God. And can I say, if we're going to have a country like we've had, and if we're going to have church like we've had, then you're going to have to get serious about seeking God. Just one young man, that would be good. Just one young lady, that would be great. Boy, I pray God will put a burning in your heart like in mine to hunger and thirst for him.